0: So let's give uh, God God a handful. Virgil Moore. Uh, I think that's me. Um, praise the Lord, everybody! Um, I'm excited to be before you, um, Pastor Taylor. That Pastor, Ta- I told Pastor Taylor that I'm called. Um, I struggle with my calling <laughs> on a regular basis uh, because I know that when you're called into ministry, it is a uh, awesome task that you have to that you have before you. And sometimes I'm not always willing to accept the task that I know God has before me. But I know when He's calling you, He's also strengthening you to do the work that He's called you to do. And So that's how awesome my God is. He He not just calls you, uh, but He equips you to do what He called you to do. So isn't that just like God? Um, so many people call you to do something, but then they don't equip you to do it. Um, but he gives you the necessary tools. He tells you what to do. He tells you how to do it. And he's there right beside you the entire time. And so I, have, I should not have any fear that once he's called me to do something, he's going to be sure that I do it well. Um, if you turn with me to Acts 2.42, I have a quick story. Um, I don't have a printer at home. And so, uh, when I type up my messages, I always have to email them. I used to email them to my job and I could just print off at work or something, but I don't work in an office anymore, so I don't have uh, access to a printer. And so I called Chad on the way in Amherst. I don't know why, but I called Chad and said, Chad, I need, I need to email because I've done this before. I said, Chad, I need to email you something so you could print it out for me. And you, I need to email you my message so you could print it out for me. Even though I had a copy, hard copy, but I up, did some updating to it. And so, Chad, I called Chad this morning and Chad said, oh, Virgil, I forgot to print it off. And he was on his way here. And I was like, oh, what am I going to do? <laughs> and so he said, well, I'll call my wife back and, you know, tell her to do it. And so she, he called Jennifer back. And long story short, she Jennifer had it. And Jennifer tells me, uh, she was like, Virgil, You know, I printed off your message. It was a lot of pages. I hope you're not going to be very long because, (laughs) she said, because we're with the kids, she's in, they have children's church this morning. She's like, and I don't want to be, I don't want to be with the kids very long, so you need to be short. (laughs) And it wasn't because she was going to have to sit through the message. It's because she didn't want to be with the kids very long. So I thought it was funny. (laughs) And it's not very long at all. I said, I said, Chad, it's not long. Jennifer's not long at all. I uh, I print out all my scriptures, so it makes it look long, but it's not. Um, anyway, Acts 2.42, and it reads, um, I have the NIV version. Version. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to prayer. And we're just going to focus on that scripture. I know there's more before it and more after it, um, but I want to go through some other things later, so I don't want to focus too much time, but that's what we're going to focus on. We're going to focus on Acts 2.42. And my objective is to discuss the early church and their devotion, and how we as a church now need to be devoted just as the early church were. Uh, this devotion led to strength, power, and the ability to withstand the attacks of the enemy during the church infancy. And based off what we heard earlier this morning, we need that strength, we need that power, and we need the ability to withstand the attacks of the enemy um, I think uh, Brother Chad gave a, a awesome message along with Sister Minerva and all that was said, stated this morning, um, that there, the Lord has a lot for us, and sometimes the enemy can hold that up. And if we can uh, have the ability to withstand those attacks, uh, just like the early church where if we can devote ourselves to uh, teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and in prayer, uh, then that would be great. I also want to say ditto to what... Um, Sister Gloria said, I can, um, I almost can sit down because she just took part of my message, especially the fellowship part, um, because we we're going to focus some on fellowship. And what she said was just awesome. I was like, wow, I could just sit down as soon as I get up. I just say, it was just, you guys listen to Sister Gloria, and that's the message for today. I, I wish I could do that, but Pastor Taylor probably would have some problems with that. So I won't do that today. Um, but I want to give you a brief background on the book of Acts Uh, And then we're going to go right into what we're going to discuss for today. Um, Acts is the second volume of Luke's history writing book. Uh, uh, It talks about the ascension of Jesus into heaven, and it directly talks about how the Holy Spirit comes into play um, in the early church, uh, and how it guides the early church through. Uh, Acts tells the story of how Christianity, Christianity began and spread. And so, when you're telling, looking at history, sometimes you can't tell everything that went on. Acts is just a, a glimpse of probably what all that went on during that time. Um, but Peter, I mean, um, Luke does a good job of integrating the important facts um, that defined the early church at that time. And so, we see here, and this is early on in Acts 2:42, um, that the early church was going through. Some things the Holy Spirit had just come on the scene uh, and empowered them. And they they, they, they were speaking in tongues, uh, a fire in uh, chapter 1 and early in 2. And so now we have them devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to breaking of bread and to prayer. And so I want to look at that word devotion or devoted. Uh, according to dictionary.com, it means zealous or ardent in attachment, loyalty, or affection. A devoted friend. It means to give or apply one's time, attention, or self entirely into a particular to a particular activity, pursuit, cause, or person. So, I want to ask you a question: Are you devoted? And what consumes your devotion? So first, you should ask yourself: You know, am I devoted to anything? You know, is there anything that I'm devoted to, whether it be work or family, eating, sleeping? Uh, friends, church, school, self, education. Am I devoted to anything? Do I give myself completely into a particular project or activity? Do I pursue it with all my might and strength? And so ask yourself, what do you find your, t- you spend your most of your time doing? Probably most of us would say work or, you know, school or education if, I, if you're a student. Um, what do you spend your hours? You know, could, what consumes your day for the most part? And that's probably what you're devoted to. Uh, if, that, if you think about that thing, then that's probably what you're devoted to, that you spend the most time doing, that you enjoy po- possibly. Sometimes you may not enjoy it. Um, but it's that particular activity cause a person that you spend your most energy and effort in pursuing and doing. So that's what devotion is. And so looking at that in your own life, saying, you know, I picked out a thing that I'm probably more devoted to. I spend most of my time and most of my day around this particular activity, let's look at, and I'll ask you later on, does that match your devotion to these things that we're going to cover, these four things that we're going to cover? Because it's going to be important. If it, if it doesn't, then we know we have some things we may need to change in our lives. We may need to shift some things if, if my devotion is to one particular activity over whats what we're going to cover today. So first of all, we want to look at the apostles' teaching uh in the king james version it may say the apostles doctrine and doctrine during that time it's something very different than what we see it now doctrine was just another word for teaching nowadays doctrine means a a set of rules and principles that are in line in the word of god that we use to guide us but at during that time it didn't mean that it just meant teaching and so the early church devoted themselves to the apostles teaching The apostles teaching was the leaders in the church at that time, and they were there. They were there whenever the church door opened, whenever they were speaking in the courtyard, in the synagogues, on a street corner, in their homes, wherever the word was going forth. The early church was there because they realized that the word was important there was nothing more important than the word they wanted to know about jesus they had many of them had just been converted earlier in acts two and acts you see about many of them been just been converted so the early babes and the early christians and this is the early church and they want to know as much as they can about this jesus that they just believed in that they just heard about that they just said you know oh wow he died for me and my sins i want to know more about him so whenever the church door was open they were there Whenever they were speaking, was going on, they was there. They studied the word of God. Uh, They gave a high priority for truth. It wasn't just something that they listened to, but they also studied and they wanted to know the truth. Even in Acts 17 and 11, it talks about the Bereans and how they examined the scriptures every day to see if Paul, what Paul said was true. And so it was a daily thing. That the Brians did, and hopefully many of you do, that you examine the scriptures even after Sunday service, or even after a Wednesday or Tuesday night Bible study, or even after your home group, that you go home and look at is what they said true? Is what they said line up? Does it line up with the Word of God? And if it doesn't, then you may need to go back to the person and say, hey, You said something, and I want to get clarity on it. Um, But you need to know that for yourself. We just cannot take, you can't take my word for it. You can't take anyone who stands before you and presents to you anything that is going to be true. Search it for yourself. And that is the way that you're going to grow. That is the way you're going to mature. That's the only way uh, that you're going to know the scriptures. Uh, And so many times during this season, or during any time, especially in Christianity in today's life, We take whatever someone says for granted and we believe it and we run with it. We do not study ourselves. We don't study the word for ourselves. Uh, Many Christians don't even, probably don't even open the Bible until Sunday sometimes, or until they maybe do a little personal devotion. Um, 10 minutes a day or whatever the case may be But we really need to be people Who are going to study the word Because this is what is going to sustain us Everything else will pass away But the word is going to be here forever And so if this is going to be here forever I need to know it um, Because I I plan on living eternally as well And so I need to study this word Um, And you can't take anything for granted We can't take what someone else says for, for granted The result of not studying the word Is that you will be fed something wrong that you will accept something that is not true and and be led astray or believe something that you didn't know you believe until it's like, wow, I didn't know that the word was atomically opposed to what my thinking was. You know, I just accepted that what that pastor said was true and I went with it. And then I realized that what they were telling me was atomically uh, different from what the word of god said and so now that lines up my thinking and now i can change my mindset and that brings about a freedom and a truth in you um so know the word for yourself so first of all they knew the apostles teaching second of all and we're going to focus on this for a while is that um they were believing in fellowshipping they devoted themselves to apostles teaching and to fellowship and i want to focus on that a little bit because um it's probably one of my things that I enjoy and also a struggle. Um, I enjoy fellowshipping, but probably fellowshipping with people who are like-minded. And that is not always a good thing. Um, because the church of God is not always, uh, it should be, uh, like-minded and believing in the things of God, but not like-minded in um, that we agree on everything in the world. Um, but I want to focus on fellowship. Fellowship is just, uh, the Greek word is koinonia, and it occurs in the Bible 20 times. And, um, and it means fellowship, sharing in common, or communion. And the first occur- occurrence of cornonia is actually Acts 2.42. So, uh, when I was researching that, I was like, oh wow. So I got the first occurrence of cornonia, um, and what I'm talking about today. And then it goes on from there. Um, Christian fellowship is a key aspect of Christian life. Believers in Christ are to come together and love Faith and encouragement. This is the essence of Cornelia. And so I wanted you to turn with me to Philippians 2 1 through 11. Uh, and I'm probably going to pause, but I don't want to read this. This is a very good passage of Scripture. And the reason, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete. Um, and this is important. How, do we, how are we going to make his joy complete? By being like-minded, having the same love being one in spirit and in purpose so if we want to make the Lord happy, be like-minded, having the same love being one in spirit and in uh, purpose do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit but in humility consider others better than yourselves each one should look not only to your own interests but also the interests of others. your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being. The very nature, who being in very nature God, did not consider himself equal with God, something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man and humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That is the name of Jesus, every knee, that name, that at that name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. So this is the fellowship that we should have. We should be uh, fellowship and serve one another in humility, not in vain deceit or in glory for ourselves or selfish ambition. But our fellowship should be with humility. And that requires um, a lot. <laughs> I know that Pastor said Elder John was going to te- teach on humility uh, a couple Sundays back, and uh, he's supposedly, I guess, doing it in November. And so when he said that, I was like, oh, God, I need to be absent for that message because God has been dealing with me <laughs> on humility, um, especially currently where I'm working. Uh, I would just say I'm underemployed. And... um it takes a lot of humility to, uh, I have this, my supervisor, who is a Christian, surprisingly. Uh, we just don't get along uh quite well. And we have these run-ins every now and then. And... I was like, Lord, you know, I just, a couple of times, I just want to give this guy a piece of my mind. You know, he's frustrating me. He's on me about this and on me about that. And the Lord said, you better not say anything. And then there was an incident that happened. He said he wanted me, uh, the Lord wanted me to go and apologize to him for the incident. And I was like, Lord, it's not my fault. Why do you want me to go apologize to this man? It's not my fault. And I fought, and I I was at work, and it took me hours. It was like, that day was the longest day at work. And I was like, I don't need to apologize to him because he made me mad. And I was... And I was frustrated, and I was like, oh, Lord, why are you going to make me do this? And I was fighting, and I was like, before the end, he's like, you better apologize before you leave today. I was like, oh, gosh. So it was like four, I work at night, and so it was like four o'clock, and I was like, oh, God, get off at seven. And 5 o'clock rolled around, I was still struggling with this, and it was like 6, and I was like, okay, I better do it now, I better do it now. I better do it before other people come in, and they're going to wonder why I'm apologizing. so I went up to him, I was like, you know, I apologize to you, I'm sorry for that incident happening, I need to have a better attitude, and I apologize to him. and He was real nice, Now I expecting him to apologize back to me, but he didn't. <laughs> he was like, I accept your apology, I was like, are you going to apologize to he didn't. I was like, oh, well, I moved on. <laughs> but, uh... This is Lord has been dealing me with me on humility, and it requires a lot of humility to, uh, fellowship with one another. Um, because you not only are thinking about yourself, especially when we're getting together this afternoon, and I think Gloria gave it, you know, we're giving of ourselves, and we can't come with our own ambition, we can't come with our own expectations of what, how someone should act, or how I should be perceived. But I'm going because I need the fellowship of the saints. I need your camaraderie. I need your accountability. I need your friendship because we are in this together. And if I can't get along with the people, the church, the Christians, who can I get along with? You know, if I can't get along with this church body, then how am I expecting to get along with anyone else outside of these walls? And so it is so important that I fellowship with you guys and I get to know you and you get to know me and you get to know my faults. which I'm not going to tell you about right away, but, uh, (laughs) uh, but you hold me accountable that we work with one another, that we love one another and love because that is our witness to the world. And that is such a powerful witness when we can love one another in spite of our isms, in spite of my personality, in spite of your personality, in spite of my ups and downs, that we love one another and that love is sincere. And the world looks at that and says, you know what? These people love one another. This is genuine love and sincerity in their love. And so that is such a powerful witness. And so we want to make sure we're doing that. I have so many scriptures. I've, I've went on too long on this point, but I have so many scriptures to share with you. And I'm going to, um, just read off a few of them in fellowshipping, uh, just talking about dealing with one another. Uh, first Peter three eight says, finally, all of you live in harmony. You don't have the turn that I'm going to give you. You can, Re- please read it later. Okay, First uh, Peter three eight. Finally, all of you live in harmony with one another. Romans fifteen seven. Accept one another, then just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. Galatians three thirteen. You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge indulge in sinful um, nature. Rather, serve one another in love. So we're serving one another. We're accepting one another. We're in harmony with one another. Be kind and compassionate to one another. That's in Ephesians 4 and 32. Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and, and as you sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts. Hebrews ten twenty four and let us consider how we spur one another toward love and good deeds. All of this is how we're working together. First um, Peter four nine. Offer hospitality to one another. And Gloria is opening up her home this afternoon, and we should definitely come in and take a part and, and uh, just uh, be a blessing to her and to one another. Uh, Offer hospitality without grumbling. And I knew uh, a couple we, at the church in Raleigh that we were in when we were there. There's just couple. The wife, she was real kind of, I would just say straight-laced. She didn't. She liked things a certain way, and sometimes she was open up her home. We would have different home group meetings, or similar to what we have here, and she just did not like anyone on her carpet. She liked things, things not to get dirty at all, and so there was a lot of grumbling. I felt that you know I, you can never be comfortable in her home because you felt like you know, I can't dirty up anything. I I can remember someone spilling, like, some grape juice on the carpet, and I said, oh my gosh, she's going to have a fit. You know, she's going to go off. And she did. She was like, oh gosh, you messed up the carpet. And I was like, oh gosh. So we, like, man, we can never go there and be comfortable. So, just not open up your house or have hospitality, but have hospitality without grumbling, without complaining, without saying, "Oh, you mess up this or you touch this, or your kids put your fingers on this. open up your home and just and, and love on people and, and that 's without the grumbling first uh, John three and eleven this is the message that you heard from in the beginning. We should love one another and um, that's that's repeated in first john two twenty three first peter one twenty two and First John 4, 7, uh, all about loving one another. And so you could do a study on the one another's, <laughs> um, that we should love, that we should have hospitality, that we should spur one another, that we should have compassion and be kind, that we should accept one another and love. All of that is true fellowship, and that's what we want to be about. Um, that's what the early church was about. And they needed that because they wanted under attack. There were people who didn't like them because they were Christians, and they all they had was one another. Even their family, some of their family members turned against them because they became Christians, because they accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. So, you know, it was sometimes mother against daughter and and son against father, and so they had no one but their church family and all they had, and that's why they were together on one accord. And, and later in um, Acts two uh, four. I mean, 2, 42, 43, 44 it talks about them being on one accord and going from house to house because sometimes they p- might have got put out their own house because of their beliefs. And so all we have, and I, you have to have that mentality. All I have is my church family. Um, not that you don't have your other family, but it's important to think that way that, you know, I need to get to know these people. These are Christians. We, we are like-minded. Uh, we, uh, because of that communion, with one another we also have communion with jesus christ and so that is more so that we have like-minded goals we're all pressing towards that same mark we're all pressing to be perfected we're all pressing to be holy we're all pressing to be righteous and so it is so important we we are we have much in common when you accept jesus christ as your lord and savior and so it's important that we push toward that and we work together with one another so looking at the apostles teaching and in fellowship, and also then in breaking of bread, which is great again, we're doing that at Sister Gloria's house this afternoon. We're coming together. We're fellowshipping, and we're going to break bread. Uh, they devoted themselves to this, uh, and this can mean two things. I mean, in my study, they said this can mean two things. This can mean that they literally broke bread when they came together and they had meals, which many times they did. Um, but it also can mean that they uh, partook of the Lord's table, that they had communion, that they stopped, they broke the bread, and this is my body and this is my blood, and they did that many times during their gathering, which is important as well. Um, so breaking the bread could mean either one of those things. I looked at several different things, and none of them were definitive, which one it meant. Uh, but you can do a study, and you may come back and tell me, Virgil, it means this, and I'll be like, great, um, that means you study. <laughs> uh, but it could mean one of those two things. And then finally, uh, they're uh, devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and... Um, all of these are important, but more importantly, they devoted, they devoted themselves to prayer. Uh, their focus was heavenward, uh, toward their home. They considered themselves foreigners. They were aliens in this country. We don't belong here. This is We're only here for a short period of time. They were expecting Jesus to come at any moment. And so they weren't really thinking about what they had at the moment. Many of them sold their possessions. I'm not telling you to do that, God knows. Keep your homes and what you have <laughs> but men that's why many of them sold their possessions they were expecting to be gone they they weren't they really were expecting Jesus to come back you know within the next couple of months or set up his kingdom I don't I don't know but they were anticipating his return and so they prayed and they prayed daily and they committed themselves to prayer um Jesus said that his house should be known as a house of prayer the early church knew the necessity of seeking God in his pr- uh, and his will in prayer, they knew that it took continual daily devotion uh, to protect itself. Unfortunately, prayer seems to be a dying art form among Christians. Uh, many people say they believe in prayer, but few really spend much time in prayer. Pastor Taylor, I think, mentioned a statistic that among pastors, people pray, Pastor, this is among the leaders of the church that they pray what, it was like five minutes or ten minutes a day and so this is among the leaders so I can just and then he makes a statement I can wonder how much then the members are praying if the leaders themselves are only dedicating ten 15, I'm gonna give them fifteen <laughs> it's hard to believe just five because it, it takes you long enough just to get out on your knees so god knows I can imagine just standing there for five minutes uh, so you're just getting down to get back up really uh i 'm giving fifteen, <laughs> but you know spending that short amount of time in prayer, you really need to devote yourselves uh, have a consistent prayer life and i 'm working on it i 'm not there myself, um, so uh, encourage me, and I will encourage you as well uh, that we need to spend dedicate ourselves to prayer I'll, I mean I know Pastor Taylor is a man of prayer, and it's something I always tell my friends back in Raleigh when I talk to them about the church that i 'm in. I was like, yeah, you know, this pastor that I'm under, he prays for like three hours a day. And they're like, wow. I was like, yeah, he's amazing. I don't know how he does it. He doesn't have anything else to do, I guess. But, uh, (laughs) 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 no, (laughs) I'm just kidding, Pastor. (laughs) But, uh, (laughs) but uh, yeah, I'm just, I I am awestruck by that. And And that impresses me. It doesn't impress me that, you know, your cars that you have or how much money you have or, you know, how many people you have under you. What impressed me is that, you have a prayer life, you know, that you read and study a word. That's impressive to me. You can show me many millions of people who have millions of dollars and lose it the next day or the next year, you know, but what impresses you, what's going to sustain you is a prayer life, you know, that committed and devoted prayer life unto God. That's what's going to keep you. And that's what should impress all of us. You know, wow, that's impressive. And I want to desire that. Not just that's impressive and I go on about my business, but I also desire that for myself. I want that. You know, I want that prayer life. I want that relationship. I want to be communion with communing with God that much. James tells us that the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. And um, the reason for the power of prayer is that it engages God in the situation. The early church quickly learned to use prayer effectively because they began to be persecuted. Peter and John were rebuked by the Sanhedrin when they returned to the assembly. Prayer was the first order of the day. Later, when Peter was in prison, the church came together to pray. The early church was devoted to prayer as a way of life, and God moved in their midst as a result. We look at 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5. It says, for though we live in the world, we do not war, wage war as the world does. Our weapons we fight are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds, and it goes on. And that power is accessed through prayer. Um, we can only break down strongholds. We can only break down um, not the uh, knowledge against God and those uh, principalities and and powers that work against the knowledge of God. We can break that down through prayer. And it is through our prayers that. Uh, things can be changed, that we are, we are changed and things can be changed because of our prayers. And also looking at Ephesians 6.12, it talks about our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and uh, rulers and against authorities against powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So we must devote ourselves to prayer. And so I want to just do a quick illustration, uh, you know, going back to fellowship in that communion. And how all of this is connected. I'm going to need some volunteers. Um, let me get Alex and Asher and Barry. Because we are connected in this. And if you would turn to Ephesians 4. I think it's 16 and 17. Let me make sure. I don't want to tell you the wrong thing. <laughs> uh, it's 15 and 16. Ephesians 4, 15 and 16. And that passage of scripture talks about the body of Christ being tightly fit and joined together. And so we have a vested interest in one another. Some would grab arms and grab each other's arms. And I can be doing all the praying that I want and all all these things. I can devote myself to the teachings and, and to fellowship with everyone. But if we're joined together, we're the body of Christ. Come on, Bear. I'm not going to bite you. Uh, if we're tightly fit and joined together, as uh, Ephesians 4:15 and 16 says, then I can only go but so far because I'm fit with this body. And so I have a vested interest in all of you because I can't grow unless these brothers grow with me. And so I'm vested. I have a I have a commitment to fellowshipping with them. I have a commitment to making sure that they're getting good teaching and they're they're teaching good things as well. I have a commitment to breaking bread with them. I have a commitment to making sure they're praying and that we're praying together. Because I can't go anywhere. I can only go so far without them. And we, as the body of Christ, want to grow together. This is our this is our goal to go together, not be disjointed and some are growing and some are left back but potentially you can't make Asher. you can't go as far as you would like to go if you're connected with me and if i'm not doing what i'm supposed to do then you can't you can't reach your full potential as and we can't reach our full potential as the body of christ you guys can have a seat thank you um, <laughs> um so i say all that to say we are invested in one another Uh, And we need to see that we are doing these things that the early church is doing, that we are devoted to the teachings of God. We are devoted to fellowship. It is something that is intentional. It's just not going to happen by happenstance. So we must be intentional about focusing on, you know what, we need to get together. And I know Pastor Taylor admonishes the leaders. You guys need to be getting with people. You need to be making meetings and talking to people and, and doing whatever you do need to do to get with people and it is our commitment we need to be together with one another we need to fellowship we need to break bread whether it means have communion or just having dinner or lunch together we need to do that and we need to definitely pray together and so i know i mentioned before uh think about something that you're devoted to and many of you may may have thought of it. Many of you may feel like I'm not really devoted to anything, which is probably a problem in and of itself. Um, because you want to be devoted, you want to have, you want to be devoted, and more importantly, you want to be want to be devoted to the things of God. You want to be devoted to the Word and to prayer, and to breaking of bread and to fellowship. And so, it is important if you feel like you know I'm devoted, but I'm devoted to work, you know, or I'm more devoted to family or friends, or I'm more devoted to just hanging out. We're not really fellowshipping with the purpose of really getting to know people and, and, and bringing them up, but really just hanging out, not really meeting any goals there. Uh, and just, just stand to your feet, first of all, I want you to stand to your feet, but um, I want to make sure that we're devoted in the right way, and I, I myself want to uh, be devoted in these things, and definitely I have not obtained, and neither I have a hope but i press towards the mark (laughs) and um, i pray that you as well are desiring to press towards that mark and um, devote yourself to these things if if it doesn't match up if you said earlier well you know what i'm really am more devoted to work i really am more devoted to a political party or i'm more devoted i spend my energy exercising more than anything i spend more time doing that you may really want to think about, is that where that needs to be? Do I really need to change some things in my life so I can devote more to the Word of God and to the people of God and to breaking bread and, most importantly, into prayer? I want to pray with you, and then we're going to have an altar call. But let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this Word. We thank you for... um, speaking to speak our hearts and thank you for this body that we have and We pray and mean, thank you for being the head of this body and so we just lord we just ask that you would just change our minds by way of your holy spirit just transform us and renew renew re, renew our minds and uh, we are not ourselves um, so we can't be selfish and we can't say well i don't have the time to do that and i don't want to do this because i'm not my own i belong to you and so um, I so desire that your will be done in my life that um, that my devotion would be towards your word and towards your people, and that I have a heart towards your people, uh, that my devotion would be to engaging you in prayer and engaging you in communication and talking with you on a on a daily and regular basis and being consistent and seeing the power of that manifest in my life. Uh, so I pray that you would just change my devotion if, if that 's needed, uh, change my thought pattern. Change the way I see your people. Change my need uh, for being by myself to seeing the need to fellowshiping with your people. Uh, Change my need to um, doing my own thing instead of doing what you've called me to do um, in this earth and the work that you've called all of us to, which is to uh, proclaim your name to all the world uh, and to save souls. And so uh, change our hearts towards even the, the lost and the unsaved. Um, just Lord, just work with us in our devotion that we would, um, want and desire to be more like you and come in this earth to serve, um, not beca- because coming in here to do our own thing, but really coming to serve and serve your people. Uh, we pray that your Holy Spirit would just work with us, give us humility in that fact so that we will, um, really desire a true relationship with you and, and really move forward In these four things, as the early church has. Uh, We thank you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Now, if you don't see yourself devoted to these things because you're not saved at all, um, because you don't know Christ, because it's like, I don't have any devotion in my life. I'm devoted to the world, basically. Um, if that's you, you will raise your hand. If you want to, if you are in the boat where, you know, I'm not devoted to prayer and, um, Like I said before, I'm I'm devoted to the world, and I really desire change in my life. I want this devotion that you spoke of today. I desire to be devoted to the Word of God and to prayer and to fellowship with the saints. If that's you, um, raise your hand. And maybe you were a part of a fellowship or, you know, a church, and you once were devoted to these things, but your devotion got withered away the cares of this world kind of choked out your devotion and, um, left you kind of empty and wondering, you know, what, I don't know what I believe now, or I don't, I don't know where I stand and, and I need a, a recommitment. I need to rededicate my life. If you're in that, that spot, you know, raise your hand at this point. amen well i just encourage you all um, especially given today that we have a chance to really act out what we were um, what i taught on today uh, to go to sister gloria's house and overwhelm her with people and and um, love and kindness and um, your your grace and your fellowship and really do it just out of sincerity and go to someone that you haven't spoke to, that you don't know that you haven't seen in a while, or you want to know you've seen them. And it's like, I really want to get to know this person. I don't have the opportunity to on a regular basis. Let me go out and really go out of my way to get to know them. Um, Let me make room in my week and in my day to get to know them and fellowship with them. So I encourage you to do that. Go in God's speed. (laughs) Amen. Team up, please. Anyone needs prayer for anything healing, deliverance, anything? The people are here to pray with you. Lord, bless and keep you. May He make His face shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. Lift up His countenance to you and give you peace. I'm about to say, Amen. let's meet at Glorious House.